Okay, just to start off, uh, there are some young men in California who want to know how the new law affects Keep It Up Aim. Certainly, we have a lot of people listening, all states, some islands. <laughs> it's actually a very good Shiloh. What a new law in California. I cease, never cease to amaze the Hasmada in the shul. Whenever I mention something in halacha and current events, nobody knows what I'm talking about. It's Kabbalah. You're, you're talking about any marijuana to your parents? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't well, one of the ones. Uh, that's, uh, you mean... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you mean, of course you have to share it. I got that, that, that. We did speak about that already. When the father wants to... You're at the duty-free shop, or you're not at the duty-free shop, you're passing to the airport, and your father calls, can't tell you how many times I got the shayla. Um, a guy was, was just landed and his father called him did you land yet? he said yeah that's from last night's year that you have to let your father know or you know from the Pelliets actually so he said good can you please stop at the duty free shop and get me like seven cases or skid loads of cigarettes it's cheaper so I was amazed this kid bought it had it in the trunk came to me and asked me if he could deliver it let's go try it I said if your father claims he's just a casual smoker, one or two cigarettes is not going to kill anybody. If the doctor asked him one more and you're in serious sakana, then it's also. Usually it's not like that. So he said, no, no, you should see what I bought. My father smokes two packs a day and it's always like that. That's going to have an adverse effect. Lamaisa, the same reason Ramesha held some time that he would have changed. Vayashev uh, held after Ramesha said it uh, 10 years later that you shouldn't do it, you shouldn't start it, you should stop if you can, it's a kim and a shmartem, but Lamaisi can't answer it because each cigarette is not what's going to do it, and it's a cumulative effect, and the guy could say, well, it's just this one, just that one. We had a share on this when we were still downstairs four years ago about marijuana, and we went to Ramesha's shuva, Ramesha is very strong, Ramesha, who's the maker buy cigarettes, said that you can't smoke it because... It temporarily takes you away from a chiv mitzvahs. It's a very interesting angle. You're not allowed to pot to yourself. So I remember during this year, the two most prominent questions were that means you can't get drunk either. Of course, you can't stop get drunk. Is a mitzvah on perm to get drunk according to some achorinim, like the machaber, uh, many achorinim? And then on Shabbos, if you get happy enough to sing, so that's also okay. If you're out of your kalim and you're part of mitzvahs because you're not a baradas, of course. You know, you're not pushing some of the matzah, but you're part of the mitzvah. It's exactly what doing with marijuana. And it's, I know that people dispute this, but Ramesha assumes that it's also going to affect your balance in terms of taivus and yetzaharas, which uh, many people have admitted is the case. And it's a gateway drug, which many people still dispute, but it's hard to dispute that because those who are saying it's a gateway drug are those who tried it and then went on to worse things. It's a little hard to argue with them. You'll say it's not always a gateway drug. It's a gateway drug. So, out the Yeridea, Hochas Talmatera, Patek from Mitzvah, this is bad for humanity and bad for the Jews. Uh, that wasn't the Shiloh, though, the Kippur of Amd, you have to share it with your parents. You, uh, your parents probably don't want it. Well, it depends when they grew up, actually, but uh, it depends what phase they went through. Yes? When one goes to sleep, one's not a Baradas. Yes, but you have to sleep, it wants to be a Baradas the next day. Uh, uh, <laughs> Ask the doctors who are on 24 hour shifts. Uh, who are so giving. The uh, world in general becoming more and more prominent. So. And I'll just... But Lamaisa, the people who are going home, uh, who are now thrilled, who are... I hope the air traffic controllers in LAX are not on it. No, I, I, I mean, no, if a place I plan, I'm I, I going deal, there, you know. I deal, I, deal with people, I deal with people, clients yeah. of mine, 
who smoke. Marijuana. Recreational. Day, all day, while they're working, while they're doing all the entire thing. It's, not, it's nothing compared to being, to being drunk. It's not even in the same, in the same spectrum. Meaning as far as being Your drunk. clients happen to be the only sophisticated no, ones. No, Sounds no, like no, they're no, taking a joint or two and just... You, you, right, but why are they talking to him? Or what are they saying? You have you coherent conversations? Yeah. It's, it's everybody yeah. during, during, the, during the day. During the Before night. yesterday, it wasn't everybody. Now it's everybody? It was, now it's really everybody. They're, 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 now it's they're, officially everybody. They're, 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 their medical was always, was always... I understand that. When I landed in Denver so a few years back, right after they changed the law, there were, there were local... Uh, Denver citizens who were American, nothing to do with Jews. I don't know why. I must look Jewish or look like a rabbi. Because I had people in the hotel coming over me and says, Rabbi, what are we doing about this new law? I looked at them. Um, it's like 12 o'clock and I had just finished giving a shear and it wasn't on this. You know, can we go to sleep? He wanted to talk about it. And he told me that um, this is a big problem for the state and people are very, very not productive. He told me. I mean, it's push it, except for your clients. Um, for some strange reason. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's no, up that's there. an interesting story. What? What stuff they are using? Maybe they. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they just. To, to, to get even scarier. Yeah. I've interacted with people that won't even begin driving without smoking. It won't begin driving. Yeah, we're talking. Okay. That reminds me of Russia, but I'm not going to tell you. Russia is drunk. They're not marijuana. Yeah, they can't start a shift without a, without a without a good because about that. Yeah, but that's to have a tolerance level. Okay, look, I don't know. It depends how many uh, CCs they're putting in this, how many joints. I don't know how you measure this stuff. But, you know, you're talking about the ones who are talking white-collar to white-collar accountants, uh, and they do this all day, and you talk to them, and it's coherent even during tax season, so then they're obviously in control. That's not true for the general population. This is not... This is to make money so they can raise taxes, and uh, let's call a spade a spade. And um, it's, it's not great for society, especially if it probably is a gateway drug for many people. <coughs> With that uh, background, well, I wasn't here to discuss the law like once the we got onto it. The what? The, old, the usual medical narcotics are... That's another, that's another problem. Good, but that's the reason why medically it's also responsible physicians who are either giving you a prescription or not based on their assessment of what you need to survive your pain management. That's a different, different schmooze. Here, it's like everybody grow it in your house. So, again, I'm sure the pros are it's making more money for the state, and the pros are less crime because it's legal, and we won't have to have gangs in the other world. I, I get all that. Lamaisa, a society that's going to be into this, uh, is a society, we got millions of members who are already drunk on the regular liquid stuff, which is not good for society either. They tried prohibition, it didn't work. Okay, so that's the timing over here. It didn't work over here, you must legalize it. Okay, I'm not really here to discuss whether that's, that's true in terms of uh, cutting down on crime and organized crime and things like that. The fact that there are unfortunately people with empty lives who feel they have to be either drunk all the time in uh, the former Soviet Union or, um, or on this stuff all the time shows they're missing something in their ruchnius. That's really what... So I would suggest for your clients, maybe introduce them to the Zion Mitzvahs or something like that. Start with that. Maybe that'll wean them off. They're obviously very empty people. Uh, <laughs> okay. So maybe bring them to the shear. Okay, okay. Okay. Uh, so... 
yeah, that's another issue they're having in some Hedrashkachis with the brownies and all that. And uh, uh, one thing I will say for sure, I, I'm very proud. Uh, I'm not always, how do I say this delicately? This shouldn't be online, this next part. Uh, let, let's, uh, I didn't plan on going into this so knee deep, but uh, I'm very proud of the fact that whenever there's any tiny amount of drinking in this shul at the Kiddush, sometimes there is a couple of old Williamsburg or grape juice on the table. That you can drink? No, Khalila. So uh, I'm very proud of the fact that Lamaisa, the wildest it gets is they sing faster as mirrors. That's really what goes, which is uh, pretty good as things go. There are no uh, fist fights, usually. Uh, except, <laughs> <laughs> except for when defending Kabbalah that's a different schmooze. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and, they, and they were even sober. And they were sober, and they were sober. Now, when I heard they were good. Uh, they were good. <laughs> You never start up with my accountants, especially well, people in pharmaceuticals or anything like that. You never. Uh, so normally it's very calm, and they're using it uh, for a slight uh, energy boost to sing some mirrors to be happy. Okay, so that's um, call me a liberal. I'm okay with that. Uh, however, to have people who are looking for this to be perpetually in a different world is uh, shows a disease society, which is uh, a problem. Uh, back to the keep it up aim. So, no, you shouldn't offer to share with your parents. I was going to get to something before that. And that is that, remember at the beginning of this series, many months ago, we had a huge machlekes, maybe a machlekes yishayinam, certainly a big machlekes yishayinam, chaznish and many others, Rabbi Yosha passing like this, held that covet does not only mean machel mashkeil, physically tending to their needs, it also means doing things that bring them nachas and not aggravating them and listening to them. Listening to them, Chazni says, certainly under the says of Ram, if they find out you're not listening. And Kavid, a Miracham official, we didn't do the piece yet, has a very nice tickle where he says the Pashat Kavid means, if you do, do somebody's bidding, you, they know you're listening and you give them nachas, that's, that's the ultimate Kavid. And then they need a drink and they need you to take them around, that's also Kavid. That's his angle and he, he holds like that, Allah Chalamaisa, so is the Chazni and many others. That doesn't mean they control your life. So many young adults, 21 is the age, many young adults will say, well, that's controlling my life, this is part of my life. In a firm lifestyle, we would hope this is not necessary and counterproductive, or Amosha holds, if it, at any point in time it, you're in space and a apathisy for mitzvahs, you're in big trouble. And if the parents ever find out, they're going to be extremely aggravated. I want to add an important prot, and that is that if they give you an allowance, let's say you're a 21-year-old in California, and you got an allowance. You're in, again, this is not, Shiva Bachar didn't call me with a shayla. Just, uh, this a shayla. Some people might be wondering, or they should be wondering, even if they don't care about their own ruchni, is what they're going to do to their, their parents and age them and give them such aggravation. And that is that they're giving you money to live on. They don't micromanage. Some parents do. Let's say they don't. They give you an allowance and you get uh, $100 a week. Whatever the that's a large allowance for the yeshiva bachar, or even a kid, they're paying for your tuition, and they're at room and board, and you're still living in a home, and you're 21. Is it a davar pashut? It is to me. L'chaira, that they're giving you money, it's an um to the mother. They never said, make sure you don't spend this on marijuana, because I never thought to bring it up. And it's ridiculous. Why would they bring that up? It's a davar pashut, an um to the mother, that they don't want you spending it on this, and it's going to if you do, because the money is miyuchud, not for that. So besides the aggravating them when they find out, and besides the fact that this is not Lafik Faidam when you go around doing this and you're their child with the same last name, it's also a Shaila of Geneva because they're not giving you money for that. So that's an important, I hope this never comes up a Lachomaisa, but that becomes an important uh, aspect. And I've had this Shaila with cigarettes 
with Bacharim, where the parents were aggravated, this is going to raise the bar to uh, very severe proportions, because I'm really worried about the, the cigarettes. Maybe you could tie in, I tell them not to aggravate their parents, and listen to them, and they say, I thought some of them hold that I have no jurisdiction. I said, yeah, maybe, but Chaznish holds not so, and Rabbi Yashem holds not so, and many holds not so, and the fact that, Lamaisa, well, it's not as close to aggravate them, and it's not healthy for you. And all the parents can say, you shouldn't start. Marijuana is, it can make illegal in all 50 states. It's still a different madriga in how much you can aggravate them and the Ganeva, what you're doing with that money. So I'm mentioning this because they, they say it's coming to New York, no? Or they say it's going to end up, it's, they're doing it state by state. There's going to be nothing left, no? Is this on the agenda in New York? I think there is, yeah. What? It's on the agenda here? There's an agenda. The question is if it's going to be legislated. So New York is less liberal than California? Or they don't need the money as much? Okay. I don't know why. Let's no, hope. They're, they're just further behind on their schedules. It's been medically. Is it like five years behind? A year behind? Ten years behind? I mean, it's all on the horizon. People see the tax dollars are coming. Everybody's going to say. Okay. So this is, out of all the other problems we have, this is something you got to have for. Because kids by nature, a 21 year old or 21 year old is going to ask a 19 year old, guess, 20 year old to buy it for him or grow it for him. It's going to be a problem, and you can't uh, have people walking around, especially if you want them to learn, walking around in space. But most of the medical world says it's healthier than alcohol. We're against alcohol. We don't want Yeshiva Bacham getting drunk either. I mean, that's not, uh, that doesn't, that's not much of a nechama. Please just stick to brownies. Stick to brownies. And by the way, uh, after my compliment for the Shul Kiddush, uh, if, if I ever hear of a Havamina, there's any brownie laced with anything anywhere within five miles of this Shul, I'm going to burn down the kitchen. Just uh, you heard it here. So, uh, <laughs> so just uh, nobody get me bright ideas. I, I just, uh, they're banging on the fact that I never eat the brownies, and therefore they know that they're uh, safe. Uh, it's not good. Good. Not even a half a minute. Good. That's true. But the liquid, I already sort of gave a pass. I said, as long as you're sinking his mirrors with gusto and that's the worst of it, then, uh, then okay. But uh, it's not, uh, that, that doesn't help us with what the kids are learning and they might not control it so well. But that's a different, uh, different choice. You had your hand up before? No? Okay. That's for the uh, halachic kibbutz uh, aim on the current events. Let's go to the marmokum in front of you. I think my server is going to break with all the emails coming in after that one. Uh, Tell like the whole thing's going to fall apart, so uh, just be careful. Okay, uh, this uh, next marmokom, the next uh, set, is a return to something we never really treated yet, but it's actually one of the earliest sifim in the entire Hukas Kippur of Aim. It's the uh, earliest ones and the most difficult ones for children to handle. And that is, we learned about Kibbutz, we discussed it a lot, uh, we have ways to go, and about Yiro, Lasezes, Devarim. But Lasezes, Devarim, we talked in the context of aggravating them, and they tell you to do things, and you're not listening, and they're getting all aggravated. What uh, is clear in the Mechaber and the Gemara and the whole Sugya, Lasezes, Devarim means you can't contradict their words, period. Now, most people hear this, they thought they are like not hearing it correctly, they don't understand what it means. So I will say, yes, we live in this world, and you have to make some allowances, and I advise parents to. It's not a secret to what I tell the kids. I advise parents, you don't have to hear everything, you don't have to see everything, and you can't make a huge issue out of everything because it's a law-diminishing returns. With that said, we have to, at the same time we're tweaking for the particular generation, the struggles of the generation, you can't erase everything. That's been a theme of it. If you erase everything, then there's no semblance of COVID or year. And that's not a service to them either. Because kids, at the end, crave some sort of system and control and the fact that there are limits. And you just stretch the limits. They just 
everything gets more wild and more wild, and they don't grow up as well with adjusted adults. So Lasesis de Vreyam has to be discussed, and it has to be highlighted. We're going to start with a beautiful example from Novi, which we covered about 12 years ago, 11 years ago. And we're going to see the Sefer Meir Sharm's um, take on it, which is fascinating. And whenever I mention this, I speak a lot to Bachar, and they say, Lasesis de Vreyam, you can't contradict what does that mean? That means they say something, I can't say that's wrong? I say, just something like that. So, okay, so I tell the parents, that's going to come out, especially teenagers. You can't be mocked every single time, but let's at least discuss what the decibel level is, what the remarks are, what lashayness are used, what's, um, I'll give you a cute example. It's just a sheepish expression. We were, when, when fathers and sons learn, we hope there's a lot of screaming and yelling. If they're really into it, they'll be passionate, and that's gabaldic. You have to set parameters. So I won't tell you this one, because which one, because he always gets excited when I figure it out. And Svi, you're still in trouble with one of my daughters who um, keeps asking me, did Mr. Mermelstein really figure that out uh, last time? You figured it out by deduction, so uh, <laughs> it's all right. It was, it was very obvious. Anyway, so uh, I was learning with Modern Right Sons recently, and uh, we were arguing uh, about a shot in a Tesis Arush as a terrorist to Akasha and Tesis. And I said, uh, that's not shot. And I, um, and I said, um, alternative shot with Mr. Rush, which uh, didn't fit in with the Reb Chaim he had heard in cheer. And I was trying to explain to him why it did. And it was a very lively discussion. If you guys didn't hear it down the block, you're only in Arcadian. You should have heard it. Uh, so it was nice and lively. And when I said over why it tied into Reb Chaim, so he said, Mamish, no shaykhus. That's a very common expression. So I said, okay, uh, let me just explain to you in English. He didn't know. It's not his, it's not his fault. That was a fu- I, I, was, I had a lot of nachas in the conversation, actually. So I said, you know, that's, that's still okay, but it shouldn't get any more vocal than that. He said, no shaykhas? That's like I use that phrase every other phrase. I know that. Uh, so I said, yeah, no shaykhas actually means in English that has no... I, mean, I had no shaykhas. You all know what no shaykhas is. Uh, <laughs> no shaykhas means like a mamish Mr. Mr. He didn't mean it that way. He meant no shaykhis is what you scream at your all day. It like, comes out naturally. So that's a good example, I think, that that's... If I care, if that comes out in your conversation, you're doing well, because that means he's excited and he wants to talk about his far, and that's great. From there, if it was something which he never does, like, that's absolutely insane, you don't know what you're talking about, that's where you have to say there's a sif, even if he's excited in learning, there's a sif where it says, let's say it says, Devarim. Now, many of you will say, well, halabai, we should get there, and that should be the point of dispute that we're arguing about what shot and the Rav Chaim is. And, okay, that, that is good news for the most part, but in every circumstance, even if discussing politics, the maker adin, the kid should not say an opinion unless he's spoken to, like in the army. That's not Nagaya now, unfortunately. Uh, but Okay, so you turn to him and say, what's your opinion? And if the opinion is solicited or it's known that we want to jump into the argument, but there has to be certain Lashinas and we have to know how the Lashinas are coming across and there has to be some parameter set. And that's very important for their um, cohesiveness on the one hand with the parents, that has to be a relationship, but at the end of the day, the father is not your best buddy and is not your chavusa. He's your chavusa, but he's not... And the shiny you probably shouldn't even be using with some of your friends. Certainly can't be used with parents. And you have to set parameters. And, and each child is different. Each situation is different. The example we're going to give when we get back into the, hopefully the mice will sound familiar because it's the whole Haftarah Mechel Chedish. The Sefer, we're going to quote a Sefer Meir Sharm. I looked for the Sefer for three months. The Pella, just to give you a little background, because we're going to be quoting a lot of it because I finally got my hands on the original copy. 
all the latest farm in Hofskip and Obeim, I think it's farm that are written today, are always quoting a Mayish Arm. I didn't know, I started looking up who was it. The Mayish Arm was 400 years ahead of his time for many reasons. Today it's very popular to have Likud's farm on every subject. You know, call boy on whatever subject you want, and they'll bring all the halachas and the gatas and the tzfaras. That's for today. The Mayish Arm is like a temporary, believe it or not, the Beis Yasef. I talked to the Beis Yasef, and he's in early Achran. And I have it at home. I'll even bring it in once to show you. It's too thick farm. The whole, both farm are all on Kibbutz Avain. I was wondering why it was so widely quoted. And it wasn't a contemporary, so I never heard of it. And I wasn't aware. I tried to figure out who it was. So I looked up, I did some research, and then I started looking for it. Couldn't find it anywhere. And then I saw that there was a, a, a big safe farm store in B'nai Brock that was advertising it years ago. So that means they reprinted it. They did a gorgeous job. It can imagine what it looked like from the time of the Beis Yasef. They reprinted it with extensive footnotes, and I finally got a hold of a copy, and I bought two to make sure they don't run out again. Uh, <laughs> it took me three months to, uh, to find it, and we're going to be zeichet to have um, some copies over here of the, of the quotes. So uh, hopefully we'll be hearing a lot about it over the next few months because it's incredible. We're learning an early Achron. And one of the cases we're going to have I had to think about it for a moment. He was quoting, he said, I heard a story about the son of the rush. Couldn't understand why he was saying, I heard a story about the son of the rush. Like, where we didn't find a safer today. You'd quote which Ahren. Then I realized he was a generation later. <laughs> I heard over his, like, you're hearing it, like, uh, historically, firsthand. It's, a, it's an incredible work. And it's certainly noteworthy for Asugia that a contemporary Beisiesif spent his life writing to Old Farm, just like keep it a bang. That's highly unusual for today, that's very common. For those days, that was very unusual to devote such, uh, such a, a safer, a two farm to, um, to one, one subject. So let's see the background here. We'll get back into it, and then we'll see the point he will try to make. Shmuel, Aleph, Perichav, Pasichav, Zion, in front of you, page 1A. This should sound very familiar. We learned this in Machoras, Machachedesh, and the background, if you recall, Shaul got very nervous from David. He got the impression that David is trying to kill him and take over. This is after Shaul already had done a few things wrong. He was at Tzadik Yisrael and dies like that and goes to Elam Abba. But uh, he lost already his Siat Shmaya and he was nervous just knowing that he felt he didn't have Siat Shmaya. And if you remember when he's anointed as king, they, some guys in the peanut gallery said, ah, this guy's an honor. He's not a king. He's an Echbal which is he's all godless. And he didn't punish them. He was such an honor. He let it go, which was a mistake. The reason why I'm mentioning that. And then with Amalek, he killed out Amalek and he did a great job, a decisive victory. But then the people came and said, why don't we leave some of the sheep? We'll bring his kabbanas. And again, he gave into the people again because of his anivas. He, his greatness was his anivas. That was his shining midah. But in life, you sometimes have a challenge where your finest midah is tested in the opposite direction. As a matter of fact, not sometimes. Often. Like Yaakov Inu, and everything, every Nisayin he has is about talking Sheker and bending the truth. Where is Achiv to do? It's very painful for him to do. He did it. That was his godless. Godless in life is to find out what Hashem wants, not to find out what you're good at. You should find out what you're good at, but you should know what you're not so good at to know when you're being tested and you've got to work on it. So when you become king, you're demanded to change a little bit to the midas of anivas, to remain in honor, but you have to act like a god when you become king. It's a balancing act. And the good news is, Shaul learned it. The bad news is he learned it too little too late, which means that now that he's king and he sees a threat to his machas and he realized he... He fell in twice already by being pushed around by the people three times because when he fought the Plishtim, Shmuel told him to wait till we bring a carbon and don't start the battle dipping the carbon. The Plishtim were getting closer and closer and closer. They were like Dalai Lama's away. And Shmuel wasn't here. So he 
people said, ah, it's standing, I've got to fight. They went to fight. And Shemesh Shmuel got there, of course, five minutes later. All these are the same Nisayan. You have to understand the backdrop over here so we don't think less of Shaul. So Shaul finally learned, that's it, no more. i got to put my foot down. And then there's this young person from a possible royal house, like from Shevet Yehuda, from Yushai, and he was playing the harp, and he looked very talented. Then he wins the, goes to fight Goliath, and then he wins, and the people are singing songs about him, about what a warrior he is. And Shaul said, okay, been there, done that. Uh, this guy has to go. Now, on paper, he was half right. He thought David was out to kill him and take over the Malchus. The second part was right. David wasn't looking to kill him and he wasn't looking to take over the Malchus, but he was anointed by this time and he is, is going to take over the Malchus, but that wasn't his fault. And Shaul didn't know that and he is out to get him. They're not quite sure he's out to get him, so the second piece of the backdrop of the story here is that David had the most unlikely ally possible, his closest friend, Yannison, who was the crown prince. Not just Shaul's son, the crown prince. Shaul had many sons. And uh, Yenison was la- trying to protect David, and they weren't 100% sure. It looked like the father was really trying to kill him. They weren't sure, was he just stop nervous or was he really in danger? So they set up a whole elaborate plan. You go hide, hide in the fields, behind the bushes. I'm going to test it out. Machal Chaydesh. You're going to have a meal. You don't show up. I want to see his reaction. The first day doesn't show up. It's Maybe he's Tomei. Fascinating. You see from here that a minute to eat a full suit of Chaydesh, all the government officials. Not a Chiv, but it's an Indian. You don't say Yaldiyeva again if you forget, but it's an Indian. And then we also see the Chulon Altairus HaKadosh, because Shaul said, ah, Papi Mikra Laila, that's why he's not here. Chiddush, just to see the historical halachic backdrop. And then on day number two, Shaul asks again, and that's where our Pasuk comes in, but we're going to have to pick that up tomorrow night. I'm sorry to keep you in suspense, but we will pick that up tomorrow night.